Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 30 called The Power of Humiliation. Job begins to paint a metaphor, a picture of a city besieged by a a coming army. They break up my path, 13. They profit from my destruction. No one restrains them. It's like Job sitting there and no one stops the terrible songs and the spitting. No No one pushes back the bully or says to this group, get out of his face as through a wide breach like a hole in a wall. In ancient times, cities had these huge walls to protect them. And if you breached the wall, it was a way for your army to get in and attack uh, your enemy. Well, Job paints the picture. The breach in the wall is so big that they just keep flooding in. The army keeps coming one after another, after another, after another. And you have to pause and stop and hear Job say, oh, God, where are you? What did I do wrong? Help me understand. Terrors are turned against me. They pursue my honor as the wind and my prosperity has passed away like a cloud. See in verse 15, terrors. Um, just write this down for your notes. This is Job 18, 14. He is torn, Bildad speaking of the wicked. He is torn from the security of his tent and they march him before the king of terrors. The king of terrors was seen as the prince of the dead. And Job is saying, terror after terror comes at me. My honor is gone like the wind. My prosperity, my estate, my uh, servants, my family, gone. Some of you may have heard today that there was a testimony shared on Focus on the Family by Adolf Coors IV. He's uh, one of the family members of the Coors Brewing Company in there in Colorado. And... Uh, He was talking about his uh, upbringing. He went to Denver University, one of the top business schools in the country, got a a business degree, Uh, went to Wall Street for years, made a bunch of money. He was married with a beautiful son. He was heir to take over the Coors Brewing Company. And so he said that he uh, he had gone to the company and they were grooming him for the position. And he said he... He was so immersed in business that he spent day and night at the company. He rarely saw his wife. He said he didn't even know his son. He said it was all about this, and he actually pulled uh, some currency out to show people who his God was. And he said it went on and on like this, so driven to know everything about the business and do a great job that I, I was on the verge of a divorce. I didn't know my son. Eventually, the marriage got so rocky, he was alone in a hotel room. Somewhere along the way, there was a VP in the Coors Brewing Company who was invited over uh, to have dinner with this Adolf Coors IV and his wife. And the man and his wife, there was something different about him and her. And they began to share the gospel with Adolf Coors and his bride. He said three days later, his wife became a Christian. And I don't know the timing of his own conversion, but eventually he became a Christian. Now this is Adolf Coors IV speaking to people like us. And here's what he said. If money, business, fame, power, position are your God, 
your life is going to be an empty disaster. Turn to the living God. Now, when you hear a man like that in a position where he would have power and money for the rest of his days, people at his beck and call, people, Mr. Coors, nice to see you this morning. Welcome with you. You know, all of that. I'll tell you what, it means nothing. If you're on the verge of a divorce, if you don't even know your child, I don't care what company you're running, I don't care how much money you make, it means nothing. Nothing. Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. We're gonna teach the passage this coming Sunday, but I will tell you this, Jesus took the curse, the pain, the suffering, so that we could be free and forgiven. We're gonna get a look into the depth of the suffering of Job and get a picture of the suffering of the Messiah in 16 and following. And now, my soul is poured out within me. Days of affliction, says Job, have seized me. At night, it pierces my bones within me, and my gnawing pains take no rest. Now, some of you who are here tonight know what it is like to be in constant, unceasing physical pain. And you, that may be you, or you may know somebody, or you may have cared for somebody, and you don't know what constant, unceasing physical pain is like until you experience constant, unceasing physical pain. And it is easy sometimes for us to say, I'll pray for you, you know, my heart goes out to you until you are the you. And now you're experiencing this day and night, you can't even sleep and you're wondering, am I ever gonna get a break from this? Is this ever gonna end? I want you to turn to Psalm 22 and show you a parallel to the Messiah. Psalm 22 is one of the great messianic psalms a thousand years before Jesus lived and died. It it was written by David. Check out some of the language paralleling what we just read. It says of Messiah in Psalm 22, verse 14, I am poured out like water, 22, 14. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a posture. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs, 22, 16, have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. Check this out. A thousand years before Jesus died on the cross, they pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. This is also considered a psalm of lament, but it's prophetic about Messiah. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword and my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. Back to the book of Job and we'll finish it up. When Jesus was dying on the cross, they pierced his side and blood and water came out. Jesus uh, fits many of these descriptions in Job as feeling like his vitality was poured out 
we know the, the pain and the agony of crucifixion, so we don't need to go into that. Back in Job 30, verse 8, it says, by a great force my garment is distorted. It binds me about as the collar of my coat. It feels as though God has grabbed his garment so fiercely and pulled it so tightly around his body that every part of him is squeezed like a tight shirt collar or maybe like your pants after the holidays. (laughs) I put that in my notes because I thought you needed a little levity at this point in the message because I am feeling it, (laughs) right? So the sweets come around the holidays and a cookie and a cookie and another cookie. And then how many of you made resolutions within the month of December and then realized right as you were speaking it, it's not gonna happen. (laughs) Because here comes that and here comes this dessert and they're bringing that over and later we're going out to dinner and and I don't wanna eat a salad. So I'll repent in January. How many of you are there right now? You're in repentance January. Can I get a witness, anybody? Did you, some of you have to move to your fatter clothes, you know, the clothes in the closet. You say, I I was gonna give these away, but now they kind of fit me a little bit better. But I've repented. No more sweets in January. And then you go to the office, you return from vacation, and it's somebody's birthday. And they brought the chocolate cake. (laughs) And you're like, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll start you tomorrow. Diet, you're only a day away. (laughs) Sorry, that's a personal confession. It's supposed to be good for the soul. Anyway, we'll move on. Job can't get comfortable. Here's the picture. The tightness, almost like you ever had someone grab you by the collar and Just turn it and squeeze it. And Job's like, God, let go. Whatever message you're trying to get to me, I'm listening with full ears. Please release me. Please loosen the grip. He's cast me, 19 Job 30, into the mire. I become like dust and ashes, like the pile I sit on that we saw early in, I think, Job chapter 2. God's supposed to save me from the miry clay, Psalm 40, verses one through three, not cast me into it. You ever had questions like that? Like, God, the Bible says you're good. The Bible says you're never a present help in time of need, but I've been praying about this for a long time. Now Job will directly address God for the first time. I cry out to you for help, but thou dost not answer me. I stand up trying to get your attention, and thou dost turn thy attention against me. Thou hast become cruel to me. With the might of thy hand, thou dost persecute me. He's talking to God. Thou dost lift me up to the wind. Sometimes God, in, like in Psalm 18, is depicted as riding on the wind to save and rescue his people with fire and power. And he comes riding on the wind, but Job says, you come riding in on the wind just to hit me again. <laughs> I thought you'd come and rescue me, but the wind just blows me down again. Thou dost lift me up to the wind, cause me to ride, and thou dost dissolve me in the storm. For I know that thou wilt bring me to death and to the house of meeting for all the living. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I'm going to die. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. For I know that thou wilt bring me to death, into the house of meeting for all the living. I'm just waiting for it to happen, I'm gonna die. One writer says, Although Job will, die until, will not die until a good old age, he is getting a taste of the death Jesus would die under the judgment or wrath of God. There is a terrible divine necessity about redemptive suffering. It is not that God does not hear, but rather it is somehow necessary for us to cry in vain and wait in hope until he achieves in us and in his world what he wills to achieve, close quote. You ever thought about that one? The Bible says in 1 Peter that some of you are suffering if necessary, and you, you have to say, why would it be necessary for me to suffer? What would that accomplish, Lord? But there's something about the ways of God and I don't have the knowledge or the wisdom to explain all the angles to you. But there's something about suffering put into the equation of the Christian life where God does something that perhaps doesn't happen at any other time in our lives. And I'll tell you one thing I do know it does. And I say this with fear and trembling from this hunk of wood. I know it drives me to God when I can't make sense of 
a season I'm in when I don't get it, when my question marks are many, I say, oh, Lord, help me. When I have to stare my weaknesses in the face, when my suffering doesn't end as quickly as I'd like it to. And then sometimes I think you and I can look back and we can say, you know what? That season of suffering actually has produced something in me that has been really healthy for me spiritually. No, I don't want to go through it again. Anybody? <laughs> right after I say that. No, Lord, from my lips to your ears in the throne room. <laughs> Not saying I want it. <laughs> I've told you guys before, we used to be part of a church group and the uh, youth pastor's wife We'd be in a prayer circle and she would pray something like this quite often. Lord, I'm getting too comfortable. You haven't sent me a storm in a while. So would you send me a storm? I'm getting too comfortable. And, and I would let go of her hands. I do not say the amen. I will not receive that. <laughs> Some years ago, we were... Um, playing some church softball. Church softball is always interesting because it's Christians playing against Christians, but then it's competition, right? So we're in a prayer circle after a game, and it's something about the Yankees were in the playoffs, and one of the players prayed for the New York Yankees baseball team. Oh, there was massive division. We started a fist fight right there. No, just kidding. But one of the players said, after this guy prayed for the Yankees, he said, I will not say the amen. Anyway, you guys know what I'm saying. Yet, does not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand or in his disaster therefore cry out for help? 24. Jesus takes the wrath of God. In order to understand the cross, you have to understand this. When Jesus is dying on the cross, the main burden that he feels with all the pain and suffering that he endures, is he is experiencing the wrath of God for you and me. Do you see the connection to Job? See, Job's getting a taste of what Jesus would go through. Not the full taste of it, but a taste. Because as Jesus dies on the cross, God the Father pours his judgment on God the Son. That's why the sky grows dark when Jesus is dying on the cross. It's a sign of judgment. That's why the earth is quaking. That's why Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me all alone? This is what's going on. The judgment of Almighty God coming on the innocent greater Job, Jesus. He says, Job begins to compare himself to God. He says, have I not wept for the ones whose life is hard, 25? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? I've done a lot of good things. You know, when we're suffering, that's often what we do is we, we appeal to our resume. God, I've been living pretty good. <laughs> Don't you know what I've been up to lately? I paid for the guy's food behind me in the drive-through line. That's got to score a couple of points. And then I didn't realize he ordered 18 burritos. <laughs> Come on! I'm living right and now this kind of stuff happens. When I expected good, 26, then evil came. When I waited for light, then darkness came. I'm seething within. Everything's churning. Cannot relax. Days of affliction confront me day after day. I go about mourning without comfort. I stand up in the assembly and cry out for help. 
Would somebody help me the way I helped others? Would the churning just stop for 15 minutes within my insides? I've become a brother to jackals, a companion of ostriches. My skin turns black on me. It speaks here of disease. My bones burn with fever. How many of you can hear coyotes at your house? Anybody? So coyotes are a crazy sound, isn't it? Because when you hear them howling individually, and then they get in that group, and they start going, (laughs) it's freaky, right? And they, they do this cry, howl kind of combination, and a jackal sounds very similar to a coyote. And so you can imagine that Job says, man, Jackals are like my family members now because I can howl the same as they. And an ostrich kind of has a low hissing sound is what I understand. Therefore, Job says, my harp is turned to mourning or tuned. I've tuned my, my flute to the sound of wailing. My song, I only play sad songs on the radio now. <laughs> Anybody get it? Anybody been there before? You go through a breakup, you're at a sad time. I'm just going to play sad songs now because I'm just in a bummer mood. I'm putting on the sad songs. Dog died, car broke down. I'll play it backwards, play it forwards, right? That's what Job is saying. He said, man, I just tuned my instrument to sounds of mourning because that looks like that's all I'm going to play. All right, I want you to turn to Philippians 2, and Shane, if you can come up, we're, we're going to be done. Philippians chapter 2, all the way in your New Testament. The humiliation of Jesus in this grand uh, text about how he humiliated himself voluntarily and how he is God says these words. Philippians 2 verse 5. Some application for us as well. Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus who although he existed, Philippians 2.6, in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But Jesus emptied himself, seven, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now at the end of the book of Job, Job will be exalted again and God will bless him again. And there's a parallel. For this reason also God, after Jesus went through this terrible suffering, highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Keep reading. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work for your salvation. It says work it out. For it is God who is at work in you both to will And to work for what? For his good pleasure. So, do some things without, no, it says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. 
so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. You've been listening to The Power of Humiliation, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job Chapter 30. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your donation helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also part of how we're able to offer our 633 apologetic events for free as well. There's a lot going on behind the scenes to help create this radio podcast program too. So we're very grateful to our financial partners and our prayer partners. Seriously, thank you very much. Now, if you're a longtime listener of Walk in Truth, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 a month? Every bit helps, so please pray about it and then visit walkintruth.com to donate. If you can't give right now, would you please consider becoming a prayer partner? You can sign up for that and just keep this ministry in your prayers. But if you can give a donation, please visit walkintruth.com today. And don't forget, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job, but you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 31 called Job's Final Appeal. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.